Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Wednesday, September 29, 2021, and today will be better than yesterday. Producing from his home studio in the foothills of Connecticut is Taylor Schwenk. I'm Buster Only, working from my home in New York. And Taylor, today it's time for confessions. Shame. That's right. Shame. Uh, shame on us for some of the confessions we made during the course of the year. I know what mine was. What about you, Taylor? You know, I, I can't think of anything specific from what? the preseason. No, no, no. Listen, listen. I can't think of anything specific from the preseason. But very, you know, for the, the majority of this year, I felt like the Red Sox were a lock for the playoffs. They were going to win the AL East. And I I was totally wrong on that one. I mean, they may still make the playoffs, but I, I thought they were much better than they are actually proving to be. So, All right. that That's not even close to Shame. being as bad as my worst prediction for the year. I suspect that Dave Schoenfield, Paul and Bikitis also will have really bad predictions that they regret. And we look forward to that. Lots of talk of shame today. Now, before we get to all that, the incredible finish of the St. Louis Cardinals continues. They were on the verge of clinching a wild card spot last night and they faced the Milwaukee Brewers. It was two all bottom of the fourth inning. The one, one delivery from Woodruff to Wainwright. He squares and the bunt is down the first baseline and Bader's going to score! A perfect bunt for Adam Wainwright. A great read by Harrison Bader. This is one exciting Cardinals team. We're tied at two. Harrison Bader finishing up the season strong. Player of the week in the National League last year. So in the bottom of the fifth inning, it was two all. A swing and a base hit to right field for O'Neill. And the ball gets away from Garcia. Goldsmith is going to score. O'Neill is going to make third. He's there with nobody out in the fifth inning. 3-2 Cardinals in the fifth. John Rooney on the Cardinals radio network. Here's what it sounded like in the ninth inning. They're waiting for the last out and a celebration. The one-strike pitch. Two outs. A swing and a drive to center field. Bader comes on. He makes the catch for a Redbird winner. And the Cardinals have secured the second wild card in the National League. They're going to play a week from tomorrow. Light up the night in downtown St. Louis. The Cardinals shake hands. They celebrate on the field. These fans are having a great time. And the Cardinals have put this thing away by winning 17 in a row, 19 of the last 20. Amazing. What an amazing story in St. Louis. First pitch is part of ESPN Nation, brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Chicago White Sox pitcher Carlos Rodon will take the ball today against the Cincinnati Reds and what manager Tony La Russa called an interesting and important start is Rodon attempts to shake off arm soreness before the start of the postseason. The White Sox will have to make choices about who they're going to start uh, in that first division series, they're going to play likely against the Houston Astros. In Atlanta, the Braves face the Phillies with Philadelphia desperately needing a sweep of the series, but they fell behind in the bottom of the third. So here's a key spot for the Braves. Runner at third, less than two outs. Solaire, the key man. Line drive, it's in for a hit. One run scores. Here comes Dansby around third. He's going to score. Solaire makes it two to nothing. New guy, same results. The great chip carry with that call. Charlie Morton was outstanding, pitching into the seventh. 
Base is empty for Galvis, eighth place hitter. Swing and a miss. It's an even 10 for Charlie Morton. Instead of a double, it's a strikeout. Now, the Phillies rallied in the ninth inning. Eddie Rosario botched a fly ball that could have potentially ended the game, but the Braves continued. Ready, Galvis digs in. Smith ready. Again, the payoff. Strike him out. Braves win it. Two to one. And so at the end of that day, at the end of that game, Atlanta, three and a half games ahead of the Phillies, is just about over in the National League East. By the way, in another corner of the National League East, the Mets announced that Jacob deGrom's season is over. I'm not sure why everybody sort of pretended there was a chance he would pitch this year. Uh, that's what they kept on saying. And as it turns out, he will not have pitched in the entire second half of the year. Giants and Dodgers both won. San Francisco's two games ahead in the National League West with five games to play. Big news from the Dodgers. Hall of Fame broadcaster Jaime Harin will retire as the Los Angeles Dodgers Spanish language announcer following the 2022 season, ending a 64-year run with the team. We're looking to have Jaime on uh, at some point in the next 10 days or so on the podcast. In the American League wildcard race, the Yankees were in Toronto, leading 3-2. to two. Giancarlo Stanton again. 2-2. Two, two. Scoop to left field. Is it fair? If it's fair, it's gone. It is gone! A three-run home run for Stanton. He's done it again. And he breaks this one open as the Yankees lead 6-2. to two. He Michael Kay with that call on WPIX. Yeah, he turned a 3-2 lead to a 6-2 lead. The Blue Jays were done. The Yankees are rolling. Uh, at the end of the day, two games ahead in the wild card race because in Baltimore, the Orioles faced the Red Sox and the Orioles found a way to win. One out, one out. Severino, sharp ground ball. This one off of Devers' glove. And an early jump for the Orioles. Here comes Austin Hayes. Trey Mancini digs in for third. He's safe. It's an RBI single. Pedro Severino. Orioles take a 3-2 lead in the sixth. In Seattle, the Mariners facing Oakland, and Jake Fraley got a big hit. Here's the stretch of the 1-1. Swing and a well-hit ball down the right field line. A fair ball in toward the corner. Kelnick Roddy, third being waved in. He'll score. Terenza, third being waved in. The throw-in is cut off. Relay to the plate. Luis slides. He scores around the third slide and in Jake Fraley with a two-run triple. And the Mariners have the lead. And they would go on to win 4-2. The Red Sox this morning are clinging to the second spot in the American League wildcard race, but the Mariners are just a half game behind them. The Blue Jays are a half game behind the Mariners. Oakland could be eliminated later today. Taylor, what do you got? Buster, don't forget, Once Upon a Time in Queens, still available on ESPN Plus and the ESPN app. We've also got 30 for 30 podcast and the Undefeated presenting the King of Crenshaw. We've talked about it before. It's a four-part podcast series examining how Nipsey Hussle's life, death, and legacy impacted the sports world, particularly the NBA. The marathon continues the King of Crenshaw. Listen now on SiriusXM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to hear them talk NFL, college football, debate what's happening, and grill the best-known guests in sports. That's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN News, or listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts. So we got this bleacher tweet from Galen Green at Tiny Weapons, and he asked, hey, Buster, this AO wild card is intense. I haven't heard you talk about the possibility of a three or four way tie. The math makes my brain hurt. Is this the tightest wild card race you've seen? Let's go Mariners. Actually, we've been working in the last week 
on a piece for SportsCenter about the possibility of a three-way tie or a four-way tie. And I got to tell you, we had to do, we've had to do about 50 versions of it because it's so convoluted. Give a listen to the piece that we did. The American League wildcard race could come down to three teams fighting for two spots or one. And as it turns out, three of the contenders inhabit the same division. Deep left field, way back and out of here. The surging, dangerous Blue Jays with a powerful lineup built around Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Cy Young frontrunner Robbie Ray leading the rotation. And a cut the miss, he strikes him out. The Red Sox, who have stabilized since the return of Chris Sale. Swing and a miss, he struck him out with the slider. Sweep me! And the perplexing Yankees. Gone into the cornfield! Three-run blast off the bat of Aaron Judge. With their collection of stars enduring amid speculation about massive offseason changes if they don't make the playoffs. Or maybe one of the AL West teams goes on a week-long run to move ahead of an AL East power. The three-way tiebreaker is a mythic beast in Major League Baseball history. Much discussed, much anticipated, and much feared by the clubhouse attendants and traveling secretaries who must arrange the rapid-fire travel. But the three-way tiebreaker has never actually been seen, until this year, perhaps. What would happen next will sound chaotic, so pay attention. If we get a three-way tie between the AL East contenders for two wildcard spots, the Red Sox, by virtue of their most favorable regular season record against the Jays and Yankees, would effectively be the number one seed. They would have the choice of whether to play a game the Monday after the regular season or start play on Tuesday. If Boston chose to play Monday at home, they'd have two shots to qualify for Wednesday's wildcard game. But they could also choose to wait for Tuesday's game maybe lining up one of the races and arrested bullpen for a one-game opportunity to advance. If the Red Sox opt out of Monday's game, then the Jays and Yankees would play that day in Toronto. The loser of that matchup would travel to Boston and face the Red Sox on Tuesday. The winner of Monday's game would advance to the wildcard game Wednesday and face the winner of Tuesday's game. If the Red Sox choose to play Monday, and the number two seed, the Blue Jays, would choose between playing Monday on the road or one game at home on Tuesday. But we can't ignore Seattle and Oakland. If the Mariners or A's tied two of the AL East teams for the last wildcard spot, teams A and B would play on Monday with the winner playing at home on Tuesday against team C. If all of this makes your brain hurt, well, that's understandable. It would be crazy, but so much fun. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, 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 with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Welcome to the show! Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, mate. Welcome to the show. Whoa! Welcome to the show, baby. You're in the show with David Schoenfield. David Schoenfield, who covers baseball for ESPN and makes predictions every year, all year, and some of them turn out badly. And we're going to talk about our bad predictions today, Dave. You ready to go? Uh, Let's do it, Buster. All right. Shame. Yep, shame. shame. A lot of shame for me, Dave, in shame. saying that the Angels were going to win the American League West. They <laughs> actually contended for that for about 12 hours, shame. I think. I think they had a chance. They may have been eliminated sometime back in April. Uh, they were effectively dismissed a long time ago, shame. without a doubt. That was my worst prediction. What about you? Uh, I think mine might be a little worse. I was proud of myself last year when I predicted a Dodgers Rays World Series, but this year I had Dodgers versus the Twins. Yeah, the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> Sitting there with uh, how many games under five hundred? I don't even want to look. So they're they're worse than the Angels. I know that. So yeah, that did not work out. Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I, I've That's had, the good I've thing, had right? Time. If it was too, if it was easy to predict things, what would be the fun of the regular season? So, yeah, you gotta you give me fifty hail marys for that one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to the races that are going on. Uh, so much fun now to turn on baseball at night because it just feels like every inning, every plate appearance is potentially consequential. But it's amazing that with five days of of regular season schedule to go, the National League is just about closed down, right? Yeah, Um, I think the the Phillies needed to sweep this series against the Braves because the Braves finish up against the Mets. I can't imagine the Mets are going to be – you know, too uh, hyped up for that season-ending series. So must-win game, it felt like, for the Phillies. Zach Wheeler pitched great again, but Charlie Morton, man, he looked like playoff Charlie Morton last night, seven shutout innings. So yeah, three and a half up now for the Braves. That's that, that race just about over. And the Cardinals absurd. <laughs> like it's absurd how well they're playing down the stretch. They just, every night they keep on winning. But, you know, I remember when the Indians had their long uh, winning streak in September, what was it? 2017. And having conversations with people in the organization who are kind of like whispering, yeah, let's get this over with (laughs) because of the energy expended on the winning streak versus preparing for the postseason. And I got to believe that there are people within the Cardinals clubhouse who, while they love the winning streak, they kind of like to start to focus on the postseason now that they clinched. Yeah, that's a really good point. I looked this up the other day, uh, or maybe it was our stats group that did this, the four longest winning streaks since expansion. So going back to 1961, all four of these uh, leaked into September. So you've got the Cardinals, the Indians, that streak started at the end of August, Uh, the 2002 Moneyball A's. We saw this streak in the movie that was August into September. And then the 77 Royals was in September, all 16 or longer, I think. 
and none of them made the World Series. So it's small sample size, four teams. But yeah, the momentum, you're right. It doesn't mean a whole lot, but it can drain a team. And it reminds me a little bit of the 0-1 Mariners, who it wasn't a winning streak, but when they were pushing to win 116, Uh, They expended so much energy trying to tie that record for most wins that they were a little spent by the time the postseason came around. So, yeah, the Cardinals right now, you know, they clinch. So maybe they'll rest some of their relievers, rest some of their position players now that they know they're in for sure. Speaking of the Mariners, you look at the standings in the American League today and they are breathing down the necks of the Red Sox. They have passed the Blue Jays. Uh, the Mariners are like your special project. So I'm going to let you, you know, talk about that team because they, they look terrific right now. Yeah, I know you and Sarah talked a little bit about them yesterday, but obviously I've been watching them a lot lately. I know Blue Jays fans must be tearing their hair, hair out looking at the fact that Toronto plus 167 on the season run differential Mariners minus 50. Look, Buster, I know. All the sabermetricians say uh, clutch does not exist, right? But this team, at least for one year, that has been their defining characteristic. You know, they are clutch, whether it's hitting. They don't score a lot of runs, but they score when they have opportunities. And that bullpen constructed out of nowhere, Paul Seawald and Drew Steckenrider, and look at Casey Sadler. His ERA is under one. They all pitched last night. They all did the job. They they rally from a 1-0 deficit. They win it 4-2. Mitch Kaniger homers. Look, it, they're feeling it right now. That's for sure. They've won 11 in a row against the A's. They still need a little help. But, hey, let's go Orioles. I think I saw on uh, the Pitching Ninja's uh, Twitter feed this morning that Casey Sadler has 24 consecutive scoreless appearances. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really morphed into one of the key setup guys. You know, Seawall was getting a lot of the attention early on. But, yeah, Casey Sadler, I mean, got him off waivers from the Cubs last year. You know, secret weapon in that bullpen. He's not a big name, but Giancarlo Stanton is a big name. And Aaron Judge is a big name. And And, and watching that last night made me think back to the time when the Yankees got Stanton. Uh, and I was frothing about how much fun it would be watched to you know, how much fun it'd be to watch those two guys hitting back to back. And it feels like for one of the first times that's truly manifesting with what these two guys are doing down the stretch. Judges had a great season because he stayed on the field. Stans had a great season because he stayed on the field. His fifth career, 35 home run seasons. Uh, it's tied for third most among active players. Only Albert Pools and Nelson Cruz have more. And you can just see as these guys are playing. I mean, that home run last he hit off the Jays last night was absurd because it just he just kind of flicks the ball, hooks it, and it reminded me and goes and well over the the fence in the left field. It reminded me of a conversation that I had with Aaron Boone over the weekend, in which he said he and Marcus Timms at least once a night they see Stanton do something. They're like nobody else could do that with that kind of strength. Yeah, what a weird swing. It reminded me of like the big beefy weightlifters who play softball, who've never played baseball, (laughs) and they usually hit pop flies to third base. But every now and then they connect and it goes 500 feet. That was kind of that Stanton swing last night. Yeah, Yankees, they're now 9-1 and this year when Stanton and Judge Homer, the only loss was that Field of Dreams game that we remember so well. Yeah, Judge, he's been consistent and terrific all season. 
Stanton, this is the most locked in he's looked since he joined the Yankees. So they got a little breathing room now in that wild card race. Um, still got two against Toronto and three against Tampa. So it's not a sure thing just yet, but they look good. Yeah, the last Yankees player, according to the stats and info uh, package we got overnight, with 13 RBI in a four-game span like Stanton has, was Alfonso Soriano in 2013. And, and part of the fun of this time of year is how much it feels like momentum swings from game to game. If the Yankees win today and they've got uh, uh, they've got Garrett Cole on the mound against Jose Barrios, if they win today, Dave, it's just about over. Like, after all the talk of disaster that we had in less than a week's time, they will have essentially pushed themselves into the postseason. Yeah, has any team had more of a roller coaster than the Yankees this year? Like the Cardinals were just flat and then boom. You know, and that's, you know, most teams are, are pretty even, at least the playoff teams, but the Yankees, they've gone up and down so much all season. And I watched them a lot living here in Connecticut. And it's felt like a roller coaster, that's for sure. Um, but they're hitting their stride at the right time. And I'm with you. They win tonight. That really puts Toronto in a, in a big, big hole and sets the Yankees up. And plus, you got to remember, they want to avoid having to use Garrett Cole in either a tiebreaker game. They need him, you know, ready on regular rest for that wild card game. Exactly. Uh, for any team playing the Orioles, there is a special kind of pressure. because the Orioles have been so bad. uh, And after their win over the Red Sox last night, they're 51 and 106. But in a moment, you know, one game, it's baseball. They're dangerous. Uh, And you I don't know if you felt this. I certainly did watching the Red Sox play after getting swept by the Yankees over the weekend, losing last night. You could start to as uh, I think it was Debbie Cameron's Brown who texted me overnight that it's like it felt like 2011 all over again watching the Red Sox players. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that sweep against the Yankees was a killer. They still control their destiny. I still like this schedule with two against Baltimore and three against the Nationals. Um, the way, look, if they go four and one and Seattle goes five and oh, or Toronto goes five and oh, we're tied. But I think there's a good chance they go four and one during that stretch and Toronto and Seattle lose one. So I'm still picking the Red Sox to sneak into that second wild card, but yeah, not a sure thing. And you know, the pressure mounts with every loss. Who you got for AL rookie of the year at this point? Yeah, I think I would still go Randy Rosarena. You know, we forget he's still a rookie, but numbers very strong across the board. Um, that would be my pick. I know it's a close race. There's some other candidates. Adolis Garcia of the Rangers has to be right up there, but I'd go at Rosarena. What about the Orioles first baseman, Ryan Mountcastle, who did this last night? Sale, a long stare down at first. The pitch on Mountcastle. Oh, this is a rocket. The rookie. He ties it up in the sixth on a swing. Ryan Mountcastle, 32 home runs. Listen to that crowd. It's a 2-2 ball game. What do you think, Dave? Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah, I guess he's still a rookie. He's got to be right up there. You know, it's interesting for the Orioles, as terrible as they've been, they're building a little bit of an offensive foundation there with Mountcastle and Cedric Mullen. So they've actually had some positives within this disaster of a season, and he's been a big one. Yep. 
So uh, the Atlanta Braves, you, we touched on this a little bit, but I, you know, I've asked people in that organization, asked Brian Snitker when we had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about how gratifying it would be for them to make the postseason, even if they don't advance. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, with with everything that's happened, starting with Marcel Azuna, Ronald Acuna, their superstar, you know, missing half the year. I give that front office, Alex Anthopoulos, a lot of credit, huge credit for those trade deadline moves, picking up Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson, uh, who's the other outfielder they got? Well, uh, yeah. uh, Uh, Jorge Soler. And they've all played great, you know. Adam Duvall, I think last time I checked, he's leading the National League in RBIs between playing for the Braves and the Marlins. So those moves really rescued that season. And they've the pitching staff has battled some injuries in the rotation, but they're healthy now. And that's why the Braves, look, I know we say this about every team you're in, you have a chance, but they're healthy. We saw the Charlie Morton looking like an ace last night. They have a puncher's chance in the playoffs. I don't know. You're not agreeing uh, with I think that? Maybe because I, I'm fielding texts every night, it feels like, from my son saying, Will Smith, what is he doing? Well, <laughs> I agree with that. And they, they almost botched it last night. Rosario, who's a good fielder, dropped the fly ball and gave the Phillies a chance there in the ninth. Yeah, Will Smith, he's home run prone. Um, he's blowing a lot of saves. Some of those came in extra inning games. He struggled last postseason. Remember the big home run the Dodgers, Will Smith, that hot, hot hit off him. Yeah, I'm with your son. The bullpen is a little scary at times. <laughs> all right, Dave. Well, thanks for doing this, and thanks for your confession. Yep, all right. Shame. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's Code Baseball. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash buster. Just go to indeed.com slash buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Jumping into the numbers. This is Hembo Knows on Baseball Tonight. Hembo is Paul Ambikid. He's a researcher at ESPN who is a honcho on the show Get Up, and he is Mike Greenberg's wingman on his radio show. And Hembo, uh, as I said to Dave, today is a day for confessions. Shame. That's right. Hembo, I, I want to hear about your worst prediction of this season. <laughs> Buster, um, I dug through my email this morning and I found my uh, predictions to start the year, which we all sent to ESPN.com. And I was floored, flabbergasted that I did not include the Tampa Bay Rays to even make the playoffs <laughs> in the American League. You know, the best team in the American League, the team that I've been um, praise, uh, singing praises uh, towards all season long. For some reason, I guess back then I was thinking to myself, well, they did lose Charlie Morton and, you know, they did lose Blake Snell. And, you know, it might be really hard to patch together a pitching rotation over a full 162-game season after a 60-game season. Well, they proved me wrong once again, like they prove everyone wrong seemingly every single year. So that is far and away, based upon that email at least, the worst prediction that I made, not including them in the American League playoff field. I'm going to be kicking myself on that one. So we, we spent a lot of time in the last month ranking value, right? Uh, picking MVPs, picking Cy Young Awards. What, how would you rank uh, these lousy picks? Me picking the Angels to, to make the playoffs or you not putting the Rays into playoffs? Which is a worse pick? The, the Rays is the worst pick. And the reason for it is because, like, I'm a Rays guy. Like, I love the analytics. I love their process. Like, I... Like they are to me, like the be- the beacon on top of the hill in terms of uh, franchises across all sports. The Angels would have made the playoffs if Mike Trout didn't hurt himself. Like I'll believe that till the day that I die. And he would have added another six or eight wins to their ledger this year. At minimum, they'd be right in the middle of it. You obviously didn't see that coming. He 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 has not missed mu- you know much time throughout his career. So I mean, to me, like your pick uh, was controlled only by that one thing. My pick was just a total oversight in an area in which I usually don't miss. So. I think I'm I'm in worse shape than you on that one. You agree? Uh, yes, uh, but I needed you to say it. I needed you to confess. Okay. Now that we've Forgive established me, that you and I, I have sinned. <laughs> now that we've established that neither you nor I have any credibility, I'm going to ask you for what the uh, American League Wild Card standings will look like on Monday morning. Give me a prediction when we're talking. Forget the Athletics. I mean, you and I would agree they're pretty much mm-hmm. out of it at this point. Yeah. Uh, the four teams: Yankees, Red Sox. Uh, Mariners and Jays. I think that the Yankees are going to wind up at the number one spot in the American League wild card in part because the pitching staff, which has been underrated all season, continues to perform. You, you noted on Twitter over the weekend, they lead the American League in um, ERA, which is something that I have totally overlooked throughout much of the season. And right now, Stanton and Judge are as hot as a firecracker, right? There's those two guys are good enough to swing games all by themselves. And despite the challenging schedule this week, I think they're going to be able to maintain their lead there. And I'm going to stick with the, the, with the, with the Sox, the Red Sox finishing number two in that area because of their schedule. Sure, they lost game one to Baltimore, but I think over the last five games of their season, they're going to win at least four of them. My guess is that the Yankees bury the Jays by winning one of the next two games. And as hot as the Mariners are coming on and as good of a story as that is, I just have to see it to believe it. And I know their fans are going to come yelling at us you know, if and when they wind up making the playoffs and they have that sort of you know, unquantifiable winning factor, you know, that's very difficult for people like me who, you know, bleed the numbers to be able to to put their finger on, but they could do it. But I'm going to say Yankees and Red Sox, which really sets up for an awesome wildcard game in the Bronx. All right. Uh, Give me the definitive MVP case for Bryce Harper. Well, I think we often overuse the saying that a hitter 
carries his lineup. In baseball, obviously, one player can only do so much. But I don't think it's a stretch to say so for Bryce Harper and the Phillies, at least in the second half of the season, Buster. Here are the numbers. So since the All-Star break, the Phillies are five games over 500, and Harper owns an OPS north of 1,200 over that span. 1,200, 12-11 to be exact. The collective OPS of all of his teammates, the rest of the Phillies during that time, Buster, is 693. In other words, the Phillies are the Diamondbacks, a team that has lost 107 games since the All-Star break, plus... Bryce Harper. And lastly, and perhaps not surprisingly, Harper has seen a lower percentage of pitches in the strike zone than any National League hitter, not named Javier Baez during that time. And when he has been challenged in the zone, he's collected 142 total bases on 140 balls in play. They've not pitched to him. I watch the Phillies every night. They've not pitched to him. And when they have, he has done extraordinary damage when challenged. To me, I mean, collectively throughout the whole season, the numbers are going to be very close, if not better than Juan Soto in most areas. I think the, the way that he has helped, in part, you know, helped carry this team, like I said, in the second half to keep them in it to really the last week is something of a minor miracle, and he deserves enormous credit for it. The Giants haven't come out and said, yes, Brandon Belt will not play again this year, but you know better than I do because you played mm. at a higher level of baseball than I did, uh, that a hitter with a thumb injury, uh, boy, it's, it's, a, it's a big ask for someone to come back from that sort of – uh, you know, that sort of injury, a, a broken a fracture in his thumb. How big is this for the Giants in your eyes? Um, massive. And I am stunned by the lack of conversation around this. I mean, this is the best hitter on the best team in baseball. There's no there's no way around it. And he's become a full-fledged star buster over the last two seasons. He owns the third best batting line in all of baseball. Juan Soto ranks first. Bryce Harper ranks second. Brandon Belt ranks third. This is a player who has had a massive impact on probably the most surprising lineup in the sport. He's their best guy. He's been hitting two for them the last month and been thriving in that role. The most important spot you can occupy in a lineup. I have a hard time seeing this team be as, I mean, even if they're 95% as good without him. And they demonstrated this year when he was out, you know, for a stretch, they could hold the fort, but you're facing better pitching in the playoffs. He destroys velocity. He's been outstanding. He's been the best hitter in baseball against breaking pitches as well. Mashes right-handed pitching, and he has been outstanding across the board. For me, like this could not have come at a worse time to a worse player for that team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say that he is their their most critical piece. I, I think you'd probably rather have Buster Posey in the playoffs, but he's the best hitter, and he plays on the best team in baseball. And I'm stunned by the lack of people talking about it. Real quick, um, I'm hitting you, uh, hitting completely ambushing you with this question. Mm. I had this uh, conversation with a couple of agents yesterday. What does Brandon Belt get as a free agent in the offseason? I'll just give you some, you know, my instinct was, was eh, two years, 30 million. He's making about, you know, $15 million a year. He's going to be, what, 34 years old next year. Um, and, you know, the agents are kind of kicking around. They're like, nah, you know, maybe a little bit more, like $17 million a year. And they compared him to Michael Brantley, who is got it. He's playing for the Astros, two-year, $32 million deal. What do you think? I think that he can get much more than two years and $30 million. Wow. And, and, and here's why. Yes, you're somewhat limited in what he can do. He's not going to add much value on defense. He's not going to add much value as a base runner. But he is a legit impact middle of the order bat. Buster, playing half of his games in San Francisco, he's slugging nearly 600 this season. There are a handful of American League teams we can think of right off the top of their head that could use a left-handed impact bat in the middle of their lineup. Perhaps the deal might be shorter, but if the deal is for two or three years, I think he is likely to, to, 
approach or even surpass $20 million a year. He has been that good, and it's now been two-plus seasons. And as you and I have talked about, the the Giants have a ton of payroll flexibility going forward. All right. Uh, I, I'll never forget how in 2006 I was at baggage claim, uh, and I bumped into, just on the eve of the postseason, and I bumped into a scout whose coverage was around the St. Louis Cardinals. And he said to me, they're terrible. They're not even going to win a game in the postseason. They're playing really badly. And they went on to win the World Series. Now, in 2021, (laughs) they're winning every game. And yet, you sent me a note yesterday, kind of tamping down the idea that the Cardinals would have an impact in the postseason. Yes. So this is, it's hard to contextualize what they're doing now because it's so rare, but I did my best. So their win streak began on game number 141 for them. So Buster, what I did was I searched for the best records by any team through that point, from that point through game 162. And over the last 25 years, there've only been four teams that won four other teams. I should say that won even 80% of those games. And the postseason results buster are not pretty for the, for these teams, at least momentum did not apply. The four teams were the 2017 Indians, the 2002 Cardinals and the A's in both 2000 and 2001. Those four clubs combined to win one postseason series. And what's more, St. Louis will have to get through both the Dodgers and the Giants just to reach the NLCS. Plus, there are only three teams in history the 2018 Red Sox, the 01 Yankees, and the 98 Padres beat two 100 win teams en route to the World Series. So, what I'm telling you is, Recent history says momentum doesn't really apply. And to get through two teams this good past the wild card game, or excuse me, to the wild card game and then through the Giants would be a Herculean task. I'm not going to put it past them given how well they're playing, but momentum's a, momentum in baseball, as, as we always say, is your next day's starting pitcher. What they're doing is remarkable, but I wouldn't use this more than I would use the collection of data that we have over the course of the last five months. All right, Hembo. Thanks for doing this. Always great to talk with you. Thanks, thanks for your confession. <laughs> Later, boys. Shame. Bleacher tweets. Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher tweets for a Wednesday. Let's start with our pal School of Sweat. School writes in the Red Sox season started by getting swept by the O's. The season is about to end the same way. I don't know if heads will roll. I can't even decide who I think screwed up the most. Management, Cora, the players. Perhaps I can't decide because they are all responsible. Well, I'd say this, uh, Brian. There, you know, that no heads are going to roll. Uh, you know, the Red Sox. If they make the playoffs, they'll be one of the surprise teams in baseball this year. You know, the Giants are the biggest surprise. I think the Red Sox would be up there. Um, and, and, you know, if I were to say where I felt like a mistake is made, I, I'm set it at the, at the deadline. I don't think the Red Sox were aggressive enough in adding help, um, adding pitching. I, I, I think they would have been better off being aggressive at that time because they were in first place. And it was a surprise that the, the at that time the three teams uh, trailing them in the American League East actually more aggressive than they were next up we have hot dave at dave's hot takes hot dave writes in i was sad to see brandon belt go down with the thumb fracture especially after appointing himself captain why don't teams appoint captains anymore i nominate freeman and salvi perez uh look i just think because it's uncomfortable potentially leads to uncomfortable situations especially in a sport with players change teams all the time i can tell you you know Derek jeter was named the captain of the yankees and then subsequently, there were times when the relationship 
between the team and Derek wasn't very good. Uh, you know, if you remember in the winter of 2008, 2009, when they went out into free agency, part of their sales pitch to CC Sabathi was, we need you to come in and help our clubhouse chemistry. Well, who's that an indictment of? Your captain. <laughs> so I, I just, I, I think that over time, front offices, ownerships have sort of shied away from the idea of anointing a player because the, those relationships and, you know, those clubhouse standings, those evolve over time. Last one for today, Buster. Not technically a bleacher tweet, but something you wrote me in on because they they tagged you, this person, Smoke at John underscore Castile, writes in, do you see this is why it matters who a guy plays for? A guy named Salvador Perez, who's from Venezuela, plays for a team called the Royals, and is a catcher, no less, has 47 home runs, and leads the league. Seriously, I'm not mocking you guys. Do you know him? Oh, my God. You know, I, and I, I wrote, responded on Twitter. I responded on Twitter. Shit. Yes, right? Shame for this guy. Because we talk Salvador Perez all the time. We only mention him multiple times a week. What are we talking about here? (laughs) Anyway, hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. Thanks for writing in, everyone. That's it for today. My thanks to Dave, Hembo, and Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.